0: Welcome to our worship today from St. Peter and St. Paul's Seal, led by me, Canon Anne Labar. Our thanks today go to Vanessa Griffiths and Kevin Bright for our readings and to the choristers of St. Martin in the Fields for our hymns. This week sees the anniversary of the first lockdown last year And to mark that, there is a National Day of Reflection on Tuesday the 23rd of March. That's this Tuesday. We're joining in with that with a recorded service, which you'll be able to access from our church website on Tuesday morning. It should be available in time for the silence which has been called for 12 noon. We'd also like to invite you to come and to tie a ribbon on the yew tree just inside the lych Gate as a mark of your reflection, of your prayer. And if you'd like to also, you can put a light in your window at eight o'clock on Tuesday evening. So there's more details about those opportunities for reflection on our church website, but We hope that you'll find that's a helpful way of marking this significant moment in our life. We are come together in the presence of Almighty God, and of the whole company of heaven, to offer unto him through our Lord Jesus Christ our worship and praise and thanksgiving, to make confession of our sins, to pray as well for others as for ourselves, that we may know more truly the greatness of God's love, and show forth in our lives the fruits of his grace, and to ask on behalf of all men such things as their well-being doth require. Wherefore, let us kneel in silence, and remember God's presence with us now. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done live a godly, righteous, and sober life to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. May the almighty and merciful Lord grant unto you pardon and remission of all your sins, time for amendment of life, and the grace and comfort of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips, and our mouth shall show forth thy praise. O God, make speed to save us, O Lord, make haste to help us. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Our psalm today is Psalm 51, verses 1 to 12. Traditionally, it's the psalm which King David is supposed to have written after he had had an adulterous affair with Bathsheba. He had had her husband killed to cover this up. But the child that Bathsheba had born as a result had died, and David was stricken with remorse. These are the words he prayed. Have mercy upon me, O God, after thy great goodness, According to the multitude of thy mercies, do away mine offences. Wash me thoroughly from my wickedness, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my faults, and my sin is ever before me. Against thee only have I sinned, and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightst be justified in thy saying, and clear when thou art judged. Behold, I was shapen in wickedness. And in sin hath my mother conceived me. But lo, thou requirest truth in the inward parts, And shalt make me to understand wisdom secretly. Thou shalt purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Thou shalt wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Thou shalt make me hear of joy and gladness, That the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice." Turn thy face from my sins, and put out all my misdeeds. Make a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. O give me the comfort of thy help again, and establish me with thy free spirit Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen.
1: A reading from the prophet Jeremiah, chapter 31, verses 31 to 34. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel, and with the people of Judah. No longer will they teach their neighbour or say to one another, Know the Lord, because they will all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their wickedness and I will remember their sins no more. This is the word of the Lord.
0: We say the Magnificat together. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Saviour. and hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He, remembering his mercy, hath holpen his servant Israel, as he promised to our forefathers Abraham and his seed for ever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end amen
2: a reading from john's gospel now among those who went up to worship at the festival were some greeks they came to philip who was from bethsaida in galilee and said to him sir we wish to see jesus Philip went and told Andrew. Then Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Those who love their life lose it, and those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, there will my servant be also. Whoever serves me, the Father will honour. Now my soul is troubled, and what should I say? Others said, an angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered, this voice has come for your sake, not for mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to indicate the kind of death. He was to die.
0: We say the Nunc Dimittis together. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, and to be the glory of thy people Israel, Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And we say the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Lord, have mercy upon us. Christ, have mercy upon us. Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us, and grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save the Queen, and mercifully hear us when we call upon thee. Endue thy ministers with righteousness, and make thy chosen people joyful. O Lord, save thy people, and bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord, because there is none other that fighteth for us, but only thou, O God. O God, make clean our hearts within us, and take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Let us pray. We beseech thee, Almighty God, mercifully to look upon thy people, that by thy great goodness they may be governed and preserved evermore, both in body and soul, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give Our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. In the name of God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. In today's Gospel story from John chapter 12, we're told that some Greeks come to see Philip and Andrew, two of Jesus' disciples. They want Philip and Andrew to introduce them to Jesus. But why seek out these two disciples in particular? Well, it may be because both Philip and Andrew have Greek names rather than Hebrew or Aramaic ones. They come from Bethsaida, which was in a very ethnically mixed area of Galilee. There were a lot of Greek-speaking people there brought up in a Greek cultural world. And Jewish families sometimes chose Greek names for their children because that would help them to fit in and get on. So perhaps these Greeks think that Philip and Andrew will speak their language not just literally, but in the sense that they'll understand their thinking. As it happens, Philip and Andrew feature as a bit of a double act in an earlier story in John's Gospel too. They're the only disciples who are named in John's accounts of the feeding of the 5,000, back in chapter 6. They don't have a lot to say otherwise, so I wonder whether it's just a coincidence or whether John means us to connect these stories. Let's go back to that earlier story. Jesus sees a hungry crowd of people coming towards him. How shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asks Philip. Philip hasn't got a clue. Even six months' wages wouldn't scratch the surface of their hunger, he says. But Andrew comes across a small child, keen to share his or her lunch five loaves and two fishes, and that turns out to be enough for this vast crowd. Unsurprisingly, perhaps, having been fed one day, many of the crowd turn up looking for Jesus the next day too. It seems there is such a thing as a free lunch, after all, and if there's one free lunch, who knows, maybe there'll be another. Alas, they're disappointed. It isn't so. Jesus' miracles aren't just tricks to wow the crowds. His miracles, which John always calls signs in his Gospel, point to a deeper message. They draw people into a renewed relationship with God. The miraculous lunch wasn't just food. It was meant to remind those who ate it of the time when Moses had led the people of Israel out of slavery in Egypt towards their new promised land. To get there, they had to go across the desert, though, where there wasn't any food. But they didn't starve. God fed them with manna, which appeared miraculously on the ground every morning. The message was that God was at work again in Jesus, leading people to freedom in a new kingdom, and that he would provide the food for the journey. Philip and Andrew, as I've said, were key to that story. And they're key to this one, too. And I don't think that's an accident, because this is also a story about bread, or at least the first stage in producing it. There aren't any loaves in the passage we heard, but there is a grain of wheat. One single grain, which falls into the ground, apparently disappearing into the mud. It turns out, out though, that what looks like death for that wheat seed is actually the beginning of a new and bountiful life. It breaks open and is destroyed in the process, but from it comes a whole new plant, which bears many more grains of wheat. Twentyfold, sixtyfold, even a hundred grains might have come from that one small seed. The multiplication of the loaves and the fishes was very impressive, but the natural miracle of sowing and reaping is perhaps even more spectacular. And it happens under our noses all the time. Seed sowing at the vicarage is well underway now. There are baby tomato plants and chilies and sunflowers and a whole host of other things sprouting and growing on every available windowsill. Every year it's the same. It's an act of faith. The seeds seem so tiny when I sow them. And I can be waiting weeks before anything happens, wondering if they've actually just rotted away. But the life in a seed is stronger than we can imagine and pretty soon there are roots and shoots and not enough room to grow them all on. Every seed is a miracle waiting to happen. It's in their nature to be miraculous, to produce life out of what looks like death. Jesus knows that like a seed, he is about to be sown. It will look like it's all over for him, but his death, won't be the end. It will be the beginning of a new world, because the life-giving love of God will turn out to be stronger than the death-dealing hatred of those who want to be rid of him, people like us who just want their lives to go on as they have done. My guess is that when those Greeks got to hear Jesus' response to them, it would have puzzled them greatly. Classical Greek philosophy taught that God was immovable, perfect, unchangeable, far off in a distant heaven. If they'd come with that in their minds, as they probably had, they'd have a lot of trouble getting their heads around the idea that God could be in this carpenter from Nazareth, in the messiness of human life, in the agony and humiliation of crucifixion, in a battered dead body. The cross would challenge everything they thought they knew about divinity, as it does for many of us too. It's often only when we are broken ourselves, like that disintegrating grain of wheat, that we understand the cross, because it's then that we find the life of God springing up in us as we let go of our own attempts to hold it all together. Authentic faith, The kind that's written on our hearts, not just on tablets of stone, as the Prophet Jeremiah said, nearly always seems to come from a place of brokenness, surrender and failure. This week sees the anniversary of the beginning of the first coronavirus lockdown last year. We're marking it here in Seal with a recorded service on Tuesday. And you're also invited, if you'd like to, to come and tie a ribbon to our remembrance tree by the Lichgate, and to put a light in your window at eight o'clock on Tuesday evening if you can. This has been a year when we may all have felt like that grain of wheat sometimes, buried in the mud of grief and fear and stress and the grinding complications of just getting by. It may have been hard for us to hold on to hope sometimes, to believe that things can ever be normal again. But these readings today tell us that down there in the mud isn't always a bad place to be, that feeling broken may not be the end. It may be a beginning too, the place we find that same life-giving love which raised Jesus from the dead and which never runs out. A free lunch of loaves and fishes is great now and then, to keep us from starving. But Jesus wants more for us than that. He wants us not just to eat the bread he gives us, but to be the wheat which grows and multiplies and brings life to others too. And there's no way to do that except to fall into the good ground of his love, to accept ourselves for who we are with all our frailties, and allow him to raise us to new life. Amen. Let us pray. Loving Lord, we give you thanks for the life springing up around us at the moment, for the miracle of seeds that grow into new plants, for the buds appearing on trees and shrubs, for all the signs around us which remind us that the world is stirring into life. Help us to be aware of the stirrings of your spirit in our hearts, of your love which can bring us to life in you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Lord, we pray for all the events planned for this week to mark the anniversary of the first coronavirus lockdown, both here and across the nation. For all those for whom this will be a painful week, when they are reminded of loss and grief. For all those who are exhausted. For those who have responsibility for the safety of others which weighs heavily on them. For those who have endured loneliness or anxiety over this year and see no end to it. Give wisdom to those in authority, to medical and care home staff and to those who are planning for reopening businesses and restarting activities in the coming months. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Lord, we thank you for the life that has sprung up in our own community during this time, for neighbours who have become friends, for new opportunities to connect with one another, for support given and received. We pray that the seeds sown in this time of trouble will ripen into rich and life-giving grain. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Lord, we pray for those who today feel their drowning in the mud of despair, of sickness or of fear. Give courage and hope to them, and bring them your healing and comfort. And in a moment of silence, we hold before you any who are especially on our hearts today. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Lord, we thank you for all who've gone before us into the joy of heaven entrusting into your keeping all who have died and those who mourn their loss. Comfort those who grieve, especially where grief has been complicated by the restrictions of the pandemic, and help us all to trust in your undying love. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. The peace of God that passeth all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen.